0: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Colonels of Truth brought to you by Progress Kentucky. Uh, Once again, all eyes on Frankfurt this week. They are just wrapping up day 27 of their 30-day short session. Uh, A blitzkrieg of bad bills flying around committees and chambers, uh, lower and upper. Uh, But thank God some have not survived the fight. Uh, We'll get an update on some of the highs and the lows from our man on the scene, Doug Price, Uh, We might have an interview with Chris Hartman, the executive director of the Kentucky Fairness Campaign. He is in the trenches right now, uh, and we wanted to get an update on the coalition-wide efforts to stop the Kentucky GOP supermajority's slate of hate. Uh, But otherwise, we will cover a few stories. We'll close, as we do, with an important call to action. Uh, But before we get into it, uh, are you ready to help turn Kentucky purple? I know you are, because here you are watching us on the Internet. Uh, and you know, like we do, if you've been, you know, paying attention, our state is deeply red. We've got super majorities in both the state senate and the state house. Uh, the general assembly is primarily focused on cutting taxes for the rich, cutting social services for the poor, winning the culture wars by passing the worst anti-trans legislation in the country, and of course, saving children from drag shows while making sure that college campuses, uh, you know, are locked and loaded with, uh, you know, the same horrible gun laws uh, uh, that the rest of our Commonwealth has. Uh, concealed carry being no big deal. Don't need a permit for that. Um, if you want a Commonwealth that works for all of us, please do join Progress Kentucky. Support our campaign to turn the Commonwealth P- worth purple. Make a donation at our secure Act Blue website. Uh, help spread the word we're tired of the GOP ignoring the needs of regular folks in Kentucky and that we think our Commonwealth is worth Fighting for So uh, let's check in with our co-hosts. Uh, let us know who you are, where you are. What's your protest sign say today? Because again, we're not just a bunch of talking heads on the interwebs. We are a digital demonstration for a more compassionate Commonwealth. So you got to bring a sign to the protest. I'm Aaron. I'm from Lexington. And my sign today says no hate in our state. I know, I know we're a Commonwealth, but hate and Commonwealth don't rhyme. So I went with no hate in our state. Uh, Kimberly, how about you?
1: How you doing, Aaron?
2: Hi, Good everybody.
1: <laughs> I'm coming to you live from Louisville, Kentucky. And once again, you know, I told you, told you guys that um, I was moving and packing, so you can see. Yes, that's what's going on around here. A lot of moving and packing, but uh, my sign says. Be fair to all. That's my sign today. Be fair to all.
0: Nice. I think we should do that. I hope they do that in Frankfurt. Uh, All right,
2: Doug E. Fresh, what do you got? Uh, Sure. I'm Doug Price coming to you from Harrison County, Kentucky. I'm actually, I have two signs. I'm wearing one, protect protect trans kids. And then I've got another one that I think the uh, Democratic Party ought to adopt this. Be woke, don't be unconscious.
0: Uh, I love it. Yeah. Uh, what is, of course, the opposite of woke? It is <laughs> It is asleep, it is somnolent, it is not paying attention to what's going on around you, which seems like a decent way of describing uh, what the GOP supermajority is, is focused on. Uh, all right, so let's jump into the news of the week. Uh, we do want to get as much of a, le- a legislative rundown as possible. Doug, I know you have been, you know, just really focusing on Frankfurt. So first off, I'm sorry. Uh, and I wish that, you know, just, you know, that you are loved and that just dis- despite what you've been seeing in Frankfurt, there are people in this Commonwealth that care passionately about one another and would like to see uh, our kind of nation or state rise to our best instincts, not our worst fears. Uh, So, but yeah, what have you, what have you been seeing?
2: Oh, those are very nice words. Uh, I have spent a lot of time there and it's really, it's, it's awful. The amount of hate that is there. But then on the other hand, you go to a a fairness rally and there's so much love there too. Um, I was up there yesterday and I ran into several people friends that I have made over the last, I don't know, two or three weeks, just being there in Frankfurt and supporting them. Uh, And I have spent more time in Frankfurt the last couple of weeks. I do look forward to not having to go back only a few more days of this legislative session to go. First, I want to talk about a bill that we have not featured the vote process in the house and Senate related to the eventual vote in both houses to ban gray machines what are gray machines? Slot machines is is the better name. Slot machines are not allowed in Kentucky unless they are called historic racing machines. Then these are allowed in racetrack controlled facilities. The owner of these machines say that these are skilled machines. In other words, you can play them, and if you're skillful enough, you can actually make money. And these have popped up all across the Commonwealth, and at the present time, there is no regulation. Just about anyone can play these games. There, as I understand, uh, there are no signs that, say, have to be played by adults or whatever. On the flip side, the companies who own these machines give money to law enforcement, and the store owner receives a cut of the operation. And there are thousands of these machines, as I've heard, in the Commonwealth. One of the proponents of these machines was, or is, Representative Jason Nemus. Turns out he is currently doing legal work for one of the companies that furnished these machines in Kentucky. According to Representative Nemus, nothing to see here. The Legislative Ethics Commission gave an informal opinion that it was okay for him to do work for a company that he supports through legislation and that would be of great benefit for said company. All I can do is just shake my head. The next bill I want to talk about, I thought this one was kind of dead, Senate Bill 115. That's referred to as the anti-drag bill, but it's been resurrected by religious right representative Josh Calloway, who added language to this bill and another bill and is pushing to get this bill passed today or tomorrow. These people have no shame. It gets voted down and then somehow uh, I hate to say this, but like Jesus, it gets resurrected. House Bill 551, sports wagering. This bill seems to be on a little bit of a fast track to be approved. bill had been approved in a pre- previous session by the House and stalled in the Senate. But now the House has approved it again, and Senator Damon Thayer, who has not supported in the past, is now on board funds will benefit the Kentucky Employee Retirement System Fund, of which I'm a member, perhaps as much as $22 million a year. As yet unknown is whether or not people will be able to bet on the NCAA tournament after signing up at a uh, uh, horse track, probably. Now let's talk about taking away parental rights bill, HB 470. The title of this bill is an act related to the protection of children. Essentially, the handmaidenish Republican-controlled legislature wants to dictate to parents that their children must always remain their sex assigned at birth until they become the age of 18. This is a horrible bill, and there are many organizations that are working to defeat this bill, including Progress Kentucky. We're talking about it right now the League of Women Voters of Kentucky, the Fairness Campaign, hopefully Chris will be with us a little bit later, and Planned Parenthood. This bill takes away the rights of parents related to transgender transition services. In its current state, reversible transition treatments would be outlawed, along with any surgery related to transitioning. The bill was improved to allow medical services for puberty-blocking meds but not hormone prescriptions. I have been in in the room, either live or via KET, when this bill was discussed, and it is hard to understand how so many members of our legislature could be so ready to harm children. I was watching last night when Representative Danny Carroll appeared to become emotional. may have been fake, but he appeared to become emotional when he and others noted that the bill was an overreach. I sent him an email soon after that, noting things that could be done and pleading with him to make the bill better. Unfortunately, that did not happen. Some improvement, but nowhere near enough. Essentially, this places the government in charge of parents' children, while at the same time allowing teachers to out students, and not to identify children by their preferred pronouns. Many believe this will lead to student bullying, and there is a great potential for suicides. In my opinion, they need to toss this bill, and it's my hope that they run out of time and not send the bill to the governor in a timely manner, and would therefore not be able to override a veto by the governor. Having said this, this may be planned approve the bill after they lose the ability to override a veto, and then try to use this against the governor during the upcoming election. I believe this will prove to be wrong, as over 70% of the people think this bill was bad, even before the horrible changes were made. We will know more after tonight, as both the House and the Senate will work in the midnight hours to try to pass bad legislation. Next up, I want to mention House Bill 542, which I thought was dead. Initially, it was a half-page bill that changed two words in the bill, in an existing bill or law. An amendment was filed that would have forced Kentucky taxpayer-supported colleges to allow students, professors, etc., to open or conceal carry guns on campus and other facilities, including hospitals. What could go wrong there? Representative Savannah Maddox was a sponsor, and yesterday she pulled the plug on this bill because she could not get the House of leadership to support it. This afternoon, I heard this bill had been resurrected. So we will see what happens in the coming next couple of days. Back to you, Aaron Kimberly.
0: Uh, yeah, thanks, Doug. Thanks for you know spending so much time and energy on it. I want to just note that there's been you know it's hard to keep up, right, with a billion bills flying around there. Uh, just when we think we've got some good news, it looks like maybe it's not so good news with the uh, you know concealed carry on college campuses. Um, but I did want to underscore that it looks like. Uh, medical marijuana right now is actually, you know, maybe it's on life support, but it seems to be alive, right? Uh, so that was one that the clock was absolutely ticking, uh, and yesterday the bill to legalize it, you know, a, a very kind of ratcheted down way of legalization, right? Um, it's not, I think, smoke, you can't smoke, it It has to be um, you know, kind of a distilled uh, form of it. but it did pass through a key Senate committee with Damon Thayer voting for it. So you know, some key leadership actually voting to move it forward. If folks remember, this is the bill that passed last year in the House uh, but never got taken up in the Senate. So this this could be a big step. Uh, a little bit of good news. if folks remember, we had, I think, you know Kentucky moms for medical marijuana on. Uh, earlier in the year, uh, they they have been, I think, very excited about this moment and been working hard to make sure that it happens. So there's there's that uh, in terms of good news, potential good news. Um, but yeah, I think it is this kind of these final couple days. It's like. Victories can turn into losses, losses can turn into victories. It's hard to really predict what's going to happen. But I wanted to, you know, spend a a minute talking about what was happening kind of on the other side of the Capitol yesterday uh, as, you know, uh, the GOP supermajority decided just how cruel they were going to be to trans kids. And again, thank you, Doug, for, you know, bringing us up to speed on that and watching it every step of the way. Um, But I, I, you know, Andy Bashir. Uh, had a press conference uh, announcing, uh, I think it was um, as much as $32 million uh, in infrastructure improvements specifically for the Cleaner Water for Kentucky program. So Clean Water for Kentucky. This was funded by Joe Biden and the Democratic Party in Washington, D.C. These are American Rescue Act funds which support infrastructure all around the country. And obviously, this is a real big need for our commonwealth. You know, we've had uh, folks from Martin County on a number of times to talk about their, you know, their woes with uh, having the infrastructure needed to bring clean water, affordable, dependable clean water to their community. And it's, you know, they're not alone. There's uh, now the $32 million uh, 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 amount that Governor Bashir announced yesterday. I think the total is now at $500 million that has been allocated for clean water programs across our our Commonwealth, uh, every single county, that's 120 counties uh, now have programs and projects that have been funded uh, by that that project to to help bring them more reliable drinking water, safe drinking water, which I think pretty that's pretty awesome. You know, that's that's the kind of thing the government should be doing, right? This <laughs> is like helping make sure that our communities are safe uh, and that their drinking water is affordable and reliable. Instead, we've got this, you know, clown show on the other side of the Capitol where they're just, you know, doing everything they can to, like, make life harder for people they don't, you know, they don't really trust and they don't really like and they'd really rather, you know, didn't exist. So uh, really, I think a clear contrast and one that we as, you know. Folks who are more progressive, folks who, you know, would like to see more progressive poli- uh, policies and politics in our Commonwealth. You know, that's the I feel like the thing to point to, right, is that that that's a, a shining example of what happens when government kind of works for the people, not against some of the people. So uh, I just wanted to draw draw our attention to that. But um, Kimberly, any thoughts about Andy or about the legislature generally? Uh, I know you've got a story that we want to we want to get into a bit as well but uh but yeah any thoughts about frankfurt <laughs>
1: um two things one uh drag queens uh i am a master makeup artist although i don't wear that much makeup and uh drag queens taught me how to do makeup when i was like 11 years old um no one tried to molest me or do any harm to me and i don't know what the big deal is because we all go and we look at on cable or whatever streaming service we look at tyler perry being Medea uh throughout life we've don rickles you know dressed as a woman uh for some of his skits uh flip wilson i can go on and on and on. martin lawrence you know Uh, Eddie Murphy, right, have played uh, women. And who was the other one? Mrs. Doubtfire. Who was that that played uh, Mrs. Doubtfire? Robin
0: Williams. Hello.
1: Yes, (laughs) that's my boy. I I miss him. I miss him a lot. Very, very highly brilliant and intelligent entertainer and uh, man. So, I mean, I don't know what the big deal is. And the other thing is, let let me make this very, very clear. Every man that does drag is not um, of the LGBTQIA plus community. Uh, A lot of people think that everyone is. No, some men do this because they're very good entertainers and this is how they make good money. So I think that government needs to stay out of that. And if you're a parent and you feel like your child doesn't need to see this, then Don't take your child. (laughs) You know, it's just as easy as that. You know, don't take your child. Second of all, I want to bring up about the uh, youth trans bill. I did have a question for Doug, if I may. Uh, When children are wanting to transition, have surgeries, things of this nature, I think the um, most publicized one right now is a former uh, NBA star, Uh, Dwayne Wade, who's married to the actress Gabrielle Union, and he had a son, and um, the son transitioned, and now um, he has a daughter. So is there a lot of therapy that goes into that to make sure, uh, or can that parent just go to a doctor and say, hey, my child told me you know, they wanna be X, Y, Z, let's get the ball rolling. How does that work? Cause, you know, sometimes, I don't know, my kids, they come to me when they get older and they're like, mom, I'm glad you said no about this or whatever, when at first they were just livid and, you know, probably wanted me floating in the Ohio river, perhaps. <laughs> so, how <laughs> does
2: Kimberly, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you're asking that question. Um, It's almost as if the legislators think that a child, uh, I'm going to use one of my grandchildren. We have a grandchild who is transgender. Her pronouns are she, her. She gave me this Protect Trans Kids T-shirt for Christmas. I wear it frequently. I've worn it several times to the Capitol. I was in Walmart the other day and a young Walmart worker uh, saw me and said, Hey, I like your t-shirt. And I said, thanks. Uh, our daughter is a clinical psychologist. Um, and she, with, she
0: was on the show.
2: Right? Our repeat on the viewers
0: show. will remember that we had uh, Dr. Price on uh, and she was a fantastic guest uh, and was very informative. And Doug should be very proud, but yes, I'm sorry. I uh, cut you off.
2: oh, oh, that's okay. And she actually didn't really say a lot of things about me that I thought that she might. But yeah, to to get to your point, Kimberly, uh, there are doctors that specialize in trying to guide children, parents through transition process. You don't just say, oh, okay, I want to transition. And, uh, you know, you talk to doctors, you talk to Uh, psychologists who are helpful in this area, and and they guide you through the process, just like you would if you, I don't know, if you've got a broken bone or something like that. And it's the Republican controlled legislature just thinks that uh, they know better. And it's just, it's just so hard to understand. But Yeah.
1: I just wanted, I just wanted to know that because I think that the majority of people need to understand there is a process because that's the, that's the caveat that nobody's talking about. The, the whole country, uh, not everybody, but you know, a lot of people, I knew there had to be something in it. You know, I'm working on my, on my PhD right now in psychology, but Everybody doesn't have a mom like your daughter, right? So it really needs to come out that this is a process because people are honestly out here thinking that mom, dad can just take their child and just, you know, hey, surgeries, you know, in three weeks or whatever to start the process, or we're going to just hand you some pills today and do a prescription. So there is a process with that and i think that needs to be talked about more, advertised more, marketed more. and then i think a lot of people that are just kind of clueless uh, can then have some clarity about, you know, how it how this happens with um with a minor. thank you so much Doug for that. i appreciate that. and uh, i know our viewers and listeners appreciate that too to know that that That's what happens. Um, (coughs) This time of year, sinuses are surely, surely bad because uh, here in Louisville, in case you all didn't know, this is called the Ohio Valley. We live actually in a valley, there's no fresh air that's coming around. It's just like the same air. And um, in the top 10 cities, of people with the worst allergies and uh, sinuses um, challenges. Uh, Actually, did you all know that Louisville is in that top 10? Used to be number one in the country. I don't know what it is right now, but getting really quickly here to the meat and potatoes of what's going on. And yes, this is egregious. This is something that you see on TV Uh, or some other city, and you don't think it's happening right here in your own state. So um, last week, I talked briefly about Attorney General Merrick Garland coming to Louisville, Kentucky, and I happened to be here at home, and I'm like, whoa, this must be something big for him to travel all the way to Louisville, Kentucky, right? Right. So I was reading some of the report and I like to read just a little bit of it here for you guys and then get your thoughts and um, what you kind of think about it. So what happened is this, the Department of Justice uh, did a two year investigation on Louisville Metro government as well as the Louisville Metro Police Department uh and a lot of this was you know going on because of the brianna taylor it really just opened up uh the pandora's box so to speak and everybody was like what's going on with the police department well because of that tragic murder in our city and we've had several companies to come into louisville ride with officers Uh, do their studies and things of this nature. But since we had a weakling and a Mitch McConnell clown as the attorney general of Kentucky that did not do, do, do justice for Breonna Taylor or any of the citizens of this state, because this trickles down, right? Louisville being the biggest city in Kentucky, Everyone, this does trickle down. So don't be surprised if they start investigating your police departments as well. And Lord only knows what you will find, like the things that they found that the constituency here in Louisville, Kentucky, had been telling different lawmakers, state representatives, uh, mayors, and the like, for years and decades. And I know a lot about this firsthand. Okay. So this is in the report. You can find the report at the CourierJournal.com. And that is the uh, Louisville paper here, uh, the CourierJournal.com, or you can find it on USA Today as well. So this is just some of the executive summary of what the United States Department of Justice came up with in their uh, report. It says here, the Department of Justice has reasonable cause to believe that the Louisville Jefferson County Metro government and the Louisville Metro Police Department engaged in a pattern or practice of conduct that deprives people of their rights under the constitution and federal law. It says here that the Louisville Metro Police Department used excessive force, including unjustified neck restraints and the unreasonable use of police dogs and tasers. And let me tell you about police dogs and tasers. How about this? You know, we've all seen, you know, footage from the civil rights movement of the 60s when the dogs were let loose on black folks. This police department was doing that in the 21st century. This police department was still doing that. Uh, It also says here that the Louisville Metro Police Department conducted searches based on invalid warrants. In case you don't know what invalid warrants means, it means fake warrants. They weren't real. Louisville Metro Police Department unlawfully executed search warrants without knocking and announcing. And even after Brianna Taylor and the no-knock um, warrants were dis- were dissipated. By the Metro Council in this city, they still continued to knock on doors without announcing themselves. What do you guys think about that with LMPD? That they still continue to do this after Breonna Taylor. I guess they said, Who's going to check me, boo? Who's going to check me? That's what they were saying. But Attorney General Merrick Garland and his great staff, they checked them real good. So here goes the other thing. They unlawfully searched, stopped, detained, and arrested people during street enforcement activities, including traffic and pedestrian stops. Let me explain that really quickly. That means that they unlawfully arrested individuals that were protesting in 2020. They used unreasonable force against protesters that were peaceful. Also, they unlawfully discriminated against Black people in its enforcement activities. Guess what, America, and especially my Kentucky family? Yes, I've seen it firsthand since I've been a teenager, and I will come here for the summers. Okay, I've seen it with my own eyes. And it's not always just the white officers. And I think people understand that now because of Tyree Nichols and what happened in Memphis. The things that happened to him have happened right here in your own backyard in Louisville, Kentucky. Also, it says that they violated the rights of people engaged in protected speech critical of policing. So if you said something against the LMPD here in Louisville, Kentucky, you were a target and you were going to be stalked. You were going to be harassed by what they call Louisville's finest, the Louisville Metro Police Department. They also identified deficiencies in the LMPD's response to an investigation of domestic violence and sexual assault. For years, okay, for years, the LMPD has practiced an aggressive style of policing that it deploys selectively, especially against Black people, but also against vulnerable people throughout the city. LMPD cites people for minor offenses like wide turns and a broken taillight, while serious crimes like sexual assault and homicide, go unsolved. Ladies and gentlemen, less than 30% of the homicides in Louisville, Kentucky are solved. But they want to write you a ticket for making a wide term. I know all about this. There was failures of leadership and accountability. There were reports of them just sitting in their cruisers throwing things at pedestrians especially black pedestrians
0: um kimberly i hate to cut you off i just we need to put a pin in this conversation we can come back to it i think we're going to lose chris if we can't bring him on um but chris hartman uh is the executive director of the fairness campaign kentucky kentucky fairness campaign rather has been uh, in the trenches there in Frankfurt on this uh, slate of hate. I don't know if we've got a camera for Chris, if we can see him or if we're just going to get audio, but Chris, uh, thanks for taking a, a minute to give us the, the, uh, the current update. How are things going there in Frankfurt?
3: Terribly. <laughs> you, can, you can have my, my video for a second here, but as you can see, I'm heading back to the Capitol now uh, where the house has just gone back in and the Senate is getting ready to go back in. I'm afraid you might even get a little background of the House and Senate alternating here. Um, so, uh, so things are, are terrible right now. If you're following LGBTQ rights in Kentucky, you know we're under attack like never before. We talked about it previously. The slate of hate uh, has been sprawling. And uh, we're dealing with a situation now where most of the slate of hate of anti-LGBTQ and particularly anti-trans bills... Uh, is in a single bill now. Uh, It is singularly the slate of hate, House Bill 470. That was originally the transgender affirming care health care ban. And that has become, yes, it is still a health care ban for trans kids, preventing them from accessing life-affirming, life-saving, supportive health care that affirms their gender identity. But... Uh, it also now is a bathroom bill. It is a pronoun bill. It is a don't say gay, don't say trans bill, a la Florida, the bill that came out of Florida. Uh, and so all of these bills have been rolled up into House Bill 470, making it a monster of a bill, a hydra of hate, a Frankenstein of anti-fairness measures. Okay, I needed to hear what bill they were running in the House. Uh, and, and so that one bill has a a flurry of amendments on it, some of which make it marginally better, some of which make it even worse. Uh, We've been supporting uh, Senator Danny Carroll's amendment, which would at least allow for uh, puberty regulators for trans kids, but it still keeps the bathroom bill in it, the don't say gay bill, don't say trans, keeps the pronoun bill in it. Um, But unfortunately, that's not the only thing, uh, that's not the only monster out there uh, folks were aware that we were facing a drag ban. The Courier-Journal yesterday announced that the drag ban was dead, and several other groups did too, and I, did, we did not at the Fairness Campaign because it's never over till it's over in Frankfurt. And so today in the House, um, they have brought the drag bill back from the dead in the form of some amendments on Senate Bill 5, which is the book-banning bill. So Senate Bill 5 now has the potential to also become the drag bill so that is very much not dead the bill number may be dead senate bill 115 which was the original drag bill number that number is dead but a number being dead never means that the language of a bill is dead so anything can be added to any bill at any point in time and still become law if there's still time for the legislature to be in session and we've still got at least a day and a half to go before we enter the governor's veto period. So take action now if you care about LGBTQ rights in Kentucky. You've got to send that email to your legislators, fairness.org slash hb470. Fairness.org hb470. Uh, you can also send a message on the whole slate of hate, fairness.org slash slate of hate. And don't hesitate to send the email and call your state senator, your state representative, leave a message also for all of Senate and House leadership. I oppose House Bill 470 and Senate Bill 5, 1 800 372 7181. Call now. I love that it's on the screen. That legislative message line is open until at least 9 p.m. tonight. Pick up the phone right now while you're streaming this. Make that call. The receptionists are so nice. You don't have to talk to a legislator, especially if you don't like yours. You'll talk to a lovely receptionist who will take your message, do it diligently. They'll, they'll ask your address so that they can look up who your state senator, state representative is. It's so easy. That's where we are right now.
0: Excellent. Thank you so much for that update. I know you've got to get back in there. Uh, but yes, uh, we will encourage everyone, you know, right now, make your phone calls. They are still there answering the phones, which is pretty awesome. Uh, sorry that the legislature is making them stay longer, but, uh, but yeah, and making Chris stay longer. And this session is not over till it's over, which, you know, signed eyes uh, is not coming up for a while. Uh, obviously the best thing that could happen is nothing gets passed before they go <laughs> to the veto break uh, because then the governor could veto things. Uh, Doug was just mentioning, maybe that's some of their strategy because the, the poll numbers aren't awesome for this type of stuff, but uh, it definitely yeah. gives red meat to their base, uh, but yeah. I love that
3: you bring up the poll. I do want to hit that seventy-one percent of Kentucky voters oppose the state overruling parents' rights to obtain medical care for their trans children. Uh, loving, supportive parents who are just trying to save their kids' lives. And you're so right that they've only got a day and a half before they enter the veto period. We certainly expect Governor Bashir to veto any of these anti-LGBTQ, particularly anti-trans laws. So then they will go back, of course, for simple majority veto override. You only need 51 votes in the House and 20 votes in the Senate to override the governor's veto. But they don't have to vote on it. Um, So that's the way that you run out the clock. Look, that's probably only a three to four percent chance that we could make that happen. But if folks are angry enough, concerned enough, are relentless in their messaging to state lawmakers, uh, we've got a couple more weeks now before they have to come back and override the governor's vetoes on March 29 and 30. You can still make a difference and make it happen.
0: Yeah. Make the calls now. Right. I want to you to be to the point where you recognize yes. the voice of the operator because you've called so much and they know you say your last name. And they, oh, yeah. You're the one in Lexington. Right. Uh, but, you know, if if that doesn't happen and they don't listen to us and they pass these horrible bills anyway, there's a set, uh, there, there's a point where they're back in their districts uh, and, you know, you could turn that protest and instead of making a phone call, you could show up at their offices or places of work uh, and make their life a little bit harder and show them very clearly that we're against this stuff. Uh, But yeah, Chris, thank you for the work that you're doing and that large coalition that I know that you're helping to, to corral uh, to oppose this this stuff uh, and coming up with the catchy things like the slate of hate. So we can remember what horrible things they're up to, but yeah, don't hesitate to let us know how we can help you. Uh, and uh, yeah, go, uh, go there and, and, and slay those hydras.
1: Thanks for
3: sharing. Say, yeah, go for
1: it. Hey, Chris, how you doing? Uh, real quick. Tomorrow night we're having a meeting. As far as the special election for Metro Council, uh, Metro Council in Louisville, District 3 and District 6, I believe. Um, And we're going to be asking for people to submit their resumes. And how I don't even know how this happened, but I'm in District 44, State District um, uh, Rep. Forty-four. So, you gonna go again? <laughs>
3: you asking if I'm running again? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they're selecting District Council Eight right now, right? Uh, which is uh, the Highlands. I did go for Metro Council District Six. Uh, I. Uh, Came in a, a firm but distant second place to the great new councilman, Philip Baker, who's just marvelous. Uh, and no, I think that's it for me for now.
1: Well, we're, ha- we're ha- I'm on the executive committee here in Louisville, and uh, we're having a meeting tomorrow night because, yes, there is going to be a special election for three, six as well.
3: That's right. I'm sorry. You're talking about in November. Yeah. And the parties will choose, of course, the Democrats will choose one candidate. The Republicans will choose one candidate and put them up in the special. And then for three and six, we'll be right back to primary season uh, next May. Uh, But no, I'm not going for any of those. I was happy to seek the special appointment by the Metro Council. That's it for me for right now. (laughs)
0: <laughs> what you got to to run an actual campaign? Come on, get out
3: there and get some... Yeah, that was a unique stock. opportunity to run a one-month campaign where you didn't have to raise any money at all. I had a great time. I said it was like a month-long birthday party. Uh, people were so kind and supportive. And look, all the candidates were great, and that was fun too. And so, uh, again, uh, Philip Baker, great councilman already, going to continue to be great, and I thoroughly expect him to run... In the special election and surely the primary. So, and of course, fairness will do endorsements. And I don't know who fairness will endorse, uh, but I certainly couldn't be part of that if I were if I were running. So, uh, happy to support Philip right now.
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> we're glad we have you in Frankfurt, uh, and I'm glad that you know you aren't actually a member of that body because they seem like crazy people. Uh, but no, I know we've got, I know we've got some wonderful people who are fighting very hard. Uh, we just got to change the numbers, you know, having this super majority that gets to kind of impose their will, uh, is not working out for trans kids so far.
3: Not at all. Thanks so much for having me. Keep fighting the fight.
0: You too. Uh, you keep and, and look,
3: I was hearing a lot of what you were saying about that LMPD on it. Oh Lord, we got so much work to do. And look, nothing new came out in that report, right? Not a single new thing that we didn't already know that the police had been abusing black Louisvillians for a long time, forever. Uh, and so we got a lot of work.
0: Awesome. Thank you. That's a wonderful transition back to uh, back to that that issue. And I'm sorry that we had to cut you off, Kimberly. Oh, you no, 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 no. Chris, you know, that's
1: my baby. I love Chris. He is so wonderful. And he has done so much um, for every community, not just the LGBTQ uh, a plus community, but he has done so much for the Black community, for the Hispanic community, for the um, Pacific Islanders, for the Native um, American community. Chris is just that all-around guy that actually cares about people. So anytime he needs to cut in or whatever, I'm going zip it all the way up and and he would have
0: have been a great city council member right like for sure i was trying to to go go that path
1: like like i'm gonna get ready to vote okay and i'm like (laughs) wink 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 you know he didn't get it but okay (laughs) all right so, (laughs) so
0: the doj report as chris mentioned maybe it's nothing new but it's now official Right, because it's got that kind of impetus of the, the Federal Department of Justice saying this is what we investigate, this is what we found, this is what we saw, and now it all comes down to all right, what are you gonna do about it? What's the consent decree look like? How can we you know make sure to hold the you know the police department accountable to what they should be doing? What's your take on that, Kimberly? I mean, in terms of like, are people leaning in to really make sure that you know lessons are learned? Because clearly the police left up to their own de- devices did not learn anything, right? And didn't want to learn anything and seemed pretty resistant to learning much.
1: And then let's not forget, a lot of people forget this part, but the Louisville Metro government was investigated as well. So let's not forget that, you know, our government here in Louisville, Kentucky was included in the investigation. So as far as the consent decree, it has worked out pretty good for some other cities that they've had these agreements with. But if you do not live up to the expectations of what has been signed on the dotted line, then there will be harsh repercussions. Okay. And then second of all, you know, I'm like Hannah Drake. I don't know uh, the great poet, a laureate, uh, Hannah Drake, who's married to a, uh, uh, our representative Katura Heron and uh, Hannah said just a few minutes of something on Facebook. And I just happened to glance and see it and I pressed on it. And you know what? The way she feels is the way I feel. Hannah Drake said, don't call me. I'm not coming to your meetings. The time for talking is over. And I feel the exact same way. And I think most of the people I see articles and stuff like, "Oh, they're getting together, the activists, and you know what kind of LMPD they want." Look, the people want a police department that will friggin' leave them alone unless they're actually doing a crime. That's that's what that's what people in this city want. And I think people want that anywhere. We don't want dogs put on us and we be tased almost to death. And we don't want you putting your knee on our neck. And I'm not just talking about it as a black person. I'm talking about just as a person that pays taxes in this city. Just anybody. Do your job. Protect and serve. And the thing about it, these shadow units that they have, and then they change it to another name. All of this stuff is like, I'm telling you, it's like some stuff you see in a movie, but it's been happening right in front of our eyes here in Louisville, Kentucky. And I'm like Hannah Drake. The time for talking is over. How many decades are we going to have to be talking? I remember back in the 80s, My mom, the late Barbara Brown, used to be the executive director of the Shawnee Task Force, which was down in the West End. When the West End was a better place to live, it was safer. Uh, We walked everywhere. We never felt scared. Things like this about the police. My mom was dealing with this back in the 80s, but this is 2023. So hopefully... Something will happen, but the time for talking, and I'll tell Craig Greenberg, our new uh, Louisville mayor, I'll tell him the same thing. Forget all the talking. Let's just come out and say what we're doing, and if these police officers do anything else, this is what's going to happen to them. And another question that Hannah Drake asked as well. A lot of these officers, they're still on the job. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? Some of these officers that were doing all of this, they are still police officers. Somebody make it make sense. What do you think, Doug? Uh,
2: you know, right before we got on the show, I looked at a, an article from the Courage Journal, and I've got uh, about three paragraphs here I want to read. Uh, the, the report includes 36 recommended remedial measures as well, And it closes by noting the department has reasonable cause to believe that Louisville Metro and LMPD engage in a pattern or practice of conduct that deprives people of their rights under the constitution and federal law. Louisville Metro's and LMPD's unlawful practices harm community members and undermine public safety. We look forward to working with city and police leaders, officers in the broader Louisville community to stop the unlawful practices, build trust, and ensure that Louisville Metro and LMPD serve and protect the people of Louisville. And then I found an op-ed, and I just want to read this uh, last paragraph. This is from Armand Perry, who is a professor of social work at the University of Louisville, where he studies fathers and families. Of course, the answers to all of these questions remain, and anything is possible. However, given that past behavior is one of the best predictors of future behavior, a very strong argument can be made that would be naive to continue to underestimate America's and Louisville's unwavering commitment to the preservation of whiteness.
1: I agree. I have not seen, I don't know, but have you all has attorney general, uh, Cameron, has he made any statement or anything? Because he sure wasn't standing on the stage with attorney general Merrick Garland in the how it normally would go like your state AG would be there on stage with your United States AG nowhere to be found unless I missed something. Did you all see any quotes or anything from Mr. Daniel Cameron, who's running for governor?
0: Yeah, I think there was a statement that his office released that was pretty, you know, didn't mention Breonna Taylor, didn't mention, you know, the the root cause of any of this, but, you know, said something without saying anything, is what I, is what I recall. Uh, but yeah, he obviously, you know, he, he's, he's, he is absolutely opposed to what the DOJ did, right? Because he was part of the the cover up, right? He, you know, he could have done a lot more to hold those police officers accountable, and chose not to, and chose to mislead the the jur- the grand jury, so he didn't bring the the, the charges they could have brought, uh, and I think would have brought. Uh, but you know, so he, yeah, that's not a not a good look for him, right? Especially He's as he thinks MP. about running for governor, standing next to Merrick Garland, kind of being. Uh, quote-unquote anti-police would look really bad for his his base of support, right? As much as uh, he's got his eye on uh, on the governor's mansion and, and, and not on, you know, what's happening in, in Louisville. He doesn't care about that.
1: He better care because of the simple fact that uh, Mitch McConnell, he's a little sick right now, and I don't know how long Mitch McConnell is going to be able to protect him. Not saying that Mitch McConnell's gonna die or anything, but like, is Mitch McConnell still gonna continue to protect a person that's free falling all what by is, themselves? Who is he
0: protecting? He doesn't need to protect. He's been and Dan Camp. Daniel has been endorsed by Trump. Endorsed, endorsed, I think, by you know, by by McConnell. Sure, but McConnell's like you know, street cred with the Republican uh, base is – it's not too strong right now. Right. So whether he's fallen downstairs or not, I don't think he's you he provide much political cover for Daniel Cameron. But Daniel Cameron doesn't need it anymore. He's got, you know, uh he's got I, I think he's the favorite favorite. Uh, I know Doug likes uh, quarrels, but, I, you know, I
1: think no, he's, not. he's not because, number one, the only reason why he got into office in the first place is because people don't know how to go and look and read for themselves. And I know this for a fact, right here in Jefferson County, a lot of people I knew went to school with, a lot of professional people. Do you know they really don't know how government works at all? And I understood that the first time Barack Obama Oh, I just love, oh God, those were the good old days. You know, uh, when he first uh, was elected, our president of the United States, I heard people talk about, yeah, Obama's in office now, I'm gonna get me a good job. He's gonna make sure I have more money and I'm gonna go over here and then buy me this new car. And these are people with college degrees. Give me a break. You don't understand how government works. And the school system is in on the take because they don't even teach you civics like they used to. You don't even have the uh, Saturday morning, I'm just a bill trying to make it to Capitol Hill. I think that's how all of us in this age range, generation X, that's how we learned about how a bill becomes made. Daniel Cameron got a lot of votes from black folks. And then I was telling people, use he was he's Mitch McConnell's boy. Oh my God, I didn't know. I didn't. So you got people out here voting just for the color. You got people out here voting just because of the gender and so on and so forth. Who's reading or even cares enough by the masses to know what the hell is going on? Our state is going to hell in a handbasket. You just heard what Chris Hartman was talking about. You heard all of the other bills that Doug Price was talking about. You heard me talking about the DOJ coming to Louisville, Kentucky, getting the, the OK Corral uh, police, sheriffs, wherever you want to call them out. The, I mean, Aaron, you're the only one with good news. Andy's bringing us money. It's it's not good out here, and I'm not trying to bring everybody down, but everybody must make the phone calls. If you can smoke your draw, if you can sip your beer or your drink, you surely can make a phone call. Surely the number was right up there on the screen. Can you put that number once again, Annabelle? Thank you very much, our wonderful producer. Call this number. Government works. <laughs> Call this number right here. It is, it is important for your life. You think, oh, that's just other people. It doesn't affect me. All of that. Yes, it does. If it, if they haven't gotten to you right now, those folks in Frankfurt, they're coming for the ones that they haven't gotten to yet. And you think that they are your friends. They're not your friends. They come straight from the pits of hell. They are Satan's workers. And I'll tell it to them to their face. Call the number. Be brave. Call the number. Call it all day long if you have to. Call the number. Let them know it will be recorded. And let them know we're not taking it anymore. And calls can be made until 9 p.m. tonight, so we're going to be wrapping up pretty soon. Get on the phone. And call. I'm going to call.
0: Yeah, so Who we're going to do it. We're going to we're going to wrap up. We got to do we got to do our action alert, uh, our call to action, which we've been doing I think since we started. But make the phone calls, as Chris said, they're available here answering the phones. I think till nine, but do it like you can do it right now. As soon as uh, we're closed out, there's a lot of different things you can call about. Uh, I think, you know, we heard the kind of call to oppose the slate of hate, which has been mostly been wrapped up into a couple bills, the 470 uh, bill, but then also uh, the book banning bill, uh, Senate Bill 5, now also includes the drag show ban, uh, which, you know, really also very hateful. So those are the two things I think you should call to oppose, Senate Bill 5 uh, and uh, House Bill 470. So, uh, other stuff that folks think we should be making calls about right now.
1: What are they going to do about these police officers in these other counties?
0: Well, they should do something. Uh, I don't think they will do it in this session because I don't think there's any bills to do anything about anything in terms of police accountability right now. Uh, but I do think that's a good point, and we should be asking our lawmakers. Um, and, you know, next week we've got Katura Heron on, so maybe we'll ask her. I bet she'll have some good ideas.
1: Oh, I know she will. Love Keturah. Love Katura Heron.
2: So proud forward of her. to her being on the show. sure. You want to close
1: us out,
0: uh, Sister Kimberly?
1: Oh, my goodness. I just got a thing on my phone that says Bill Cosby's getting together for a comedy tour. Oh lord. He's, oh, he in jail. Gonna... He's not in jail. Oh god. <laughs> He's out of jail. What are you talking about? Oh lord, Bill Cosby's going to try to do a comedy tour. Somebody help him. Fix it, Jesus, fix it. So, uh, we will be back next week with another wonderful guest. I'll oh, just love Chris Hartman. He has my heart. Uh, we'll be sharing an interview with Louisville State Representative, your friend and mine, Katura Heron, as our Commonwealth's first elected openly LGBTQ state representative. So we're all so, so interested in what she has to say and what's been going on since she's been serving in the General Assembly with its clear and aggressively anti-gay agenda. That has got to be uncomfortable for uh, Representative Katura Heron up there. Uh, so dic- disclaimer, real quick, Progress Kentucky is a nonprofit organization registered with the Kentucky Secretary of State and organized as a 501c4, we are affiliated with the Indivisible Project, the Commonwealth Alliance Voters Engagement, known as CAVE, and we are also proud members of the Forward Kentucky Network. Progress Kentucky's goal is always to educate, organize, increase voter turnout, and advance a progressive agenda. Now, the through civic engagement. I forgot to say that part, through civic engagement. We do a lot of that. The show is is a part of that. Um, now also production of episode 104, oh my goodness, we are making it. Episode 104 this evening, was by the very beautiful and highly brilliant Annabelle Nagel. And thank you, Nate, if you happen to be listening tonight or looking uh, for the theme song. And you can find more information and music at natosongs.com. That's N-A-T-O songs.com. And also, if you miss our weekly live stream on Facebook, do not Brett, my pet, don't worry. You can rewatch shows and see our source links on Facebook. Or if you're at work, you're driving, I don't want you looking at us. Why don't you just go to your, wherever you listen to your audio podcast. And we are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcast. basically. Okay. And the logo and some graphic content was provided by Couchfire Media and more information can be found at couchfiremedia.com. So, you know, it's Wednesday. You made it over the hump. You don't have long to go before the weekend. Okay. So do something nice for somebody. Not only will you make them feel good, you will feel even better. Guess what? Next week, same bat channel same bat time have a good rest of your week and thank you so much for watching us